name is William Del Pilar. I am known as a conservative Latino, formerly elected politician, but like my partner, Big John, we are fantasy sports pioneers. And Big John, how have you been doing? I've been doing great. I, I love uh, podcasting. I love being on shows. I love talking and showing off my my knowledge and my stupidity all rolled into one. So I can't wait to get going tonight. Oh, and, and guys, just a, a little plug. John has been doing it, and I've been watching him because I have a lot to learn. And I was listening to your latest interview uh, uh, with, uh, what was his name, Mark? Oh, uh, no, uh, Eric, uh, E-Rock. Eric, 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 for Opie and Anthony. So guys, if you haven't had a chance, check out the Big Questions with Big John. That's his solo podcast. And John's a natural at interviewing. So check that out. But we're blessed to have our own interview right now. And the last time we were together, Big John, was with Big Dennis Velasco. And Dennis, it's always great to have you on. How have you been doing? Awesome. I moved from Charleston to the Mid-South. It's, uh, it's a little uncomfortable. That sounds like the, it sounds like the beginning of a Johnny Cash tune. Johnny Cash with a Filipino style. Tank. There you oh, go. Man, how's that? Yeah. All right. So for everybody who does not know Dennis, Dennis Velasco is the former editor-in-chief of Nerd Fantasy Sports. That's one of Big John's data creations. He's contributed to fantasy basketball content to Sports Illustrated and The Score and regular NBA content to Yahoo, Slam, SB Nation's Nets Daily, ESPN's O True Hoop Network, and many other destinations on the internet. He's also the founder of Hardwood and Hollywood, which was a Fox Sports partner and currently a complex BuzzFeed publishing partner. Dennis, Welcome and thank you for coming back. Look, let's get let's get straight to it. We don't want to waste too much time on the old series, but what went wrong for the Heat? Um, they were just inconsistent. They didn't have some players show up like uh, Bam out of bio. I mean, he showed up like maybe one or two games like that has that had a significant impact. Um, you know, Jimmy Butler was hurt. Uh, Tyler Hero was hurt. Uh, you know, it, it just. It was too inconsistent and choppy from the Heat. You know, for it to have gone, you know, seven games, you needed some hero ball, not Tyler Hero, no pun intended. We needed some hero ball from Jimmy Butler, and, you know, he can only do so much. Right, right. But what about moves offseason? They're out of the playoffs. I mean, it's a great accomplishment, not only their track record for the past dozen years, uh, but to be in the finals, and, and, and I'm sorry, to be in the conference finals, and they didn't get to the finals. So, do they need to do anything? I know Big John has thoughts on that, so if you can chime in too. Uh, but Big John, your question first in terms of what you think that he may or may not need. And Dennis, how do you respond? Well, I, I just, uh, watching game seven, it was very obvious to me. Like, without Hero there, they had no other shooter on the, on the court. Now, Jimmy Butler, I like. Obviously, he's better driving than he is posting up or, or playing out, outside uh, the arc for the three-pointer. But I think they need some ice-blooded, stone-cold shooter, man. Someone who wants the bowl, wants to drain the three. Um, I have no problem with that shot he took at the end to try to win it, but um, I think they just, you know, for lack of a better term, they need, like, a smooth guy on the out. That's my opinion, if, if, like, walking away from this. I don't know, Dennis. Uh, like, what did you think? I, I, th I think that once the Celtics decided we're taking away the lane, we're, we're clogging up the middle, they were out of options for the most part. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the questions that a lot of people have been asking is, where's Duncan Robinson? Why wasn't he on the court? Because he's he's a known three-point shooter. Uh, that's like the main thing he does, and they had just given him an extension um, as well. So you would think that they're paying him to be in this moment, uh, but for some reason, he wasn't there. Uh, as far as the offseason goes, you know, it's not going to be easy for them to get that type of player uh, that you know you're you're saying that they need. Um, they just don't have the assets. They don't have the room to do it. It's just Bam, step up, Tyler Hero, stay healthy. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's not too much you can do. And you know, a lot of basketball and sports in general is: Are you lucky enough not to get injured? <laughs> you know, right. attrition. Attrition is what we call that. Mm -hmm. You know, especially with the NFL, it's a game of attrition. And basketball and baseball, I would assume, are 
as well. And, you know, as I get older, I gain greater respect for these younger athletes. If somebody will look at a baseball game, for example, oh, that's no big deal. Yeah, do that 140 times a year, you know, right. and you'll see why they want those little green uh, pills back in the day called speed, you know. So, okay, so, so, so Dennis, uh, solid physical win, second game seven series for the Celtics. They're in the finals. Uh, they have a great tradition, but they've also had a good dozen years as well in competing, and they finally get, get, get to the finals there. But what about the upstart Mavericks? Just real briefly, did they belong in the finals, and what do they need to do uh, to improve? I would assume they need to build around uh, Luka Doncic. Well, I mean, they earned being in the Western Conference finals, you know, Although the Phoenix Suns, if you look at this, you know, season, the regular season, you know, when you add that in, the Suns were a better team. Yeah. Um, it's just during that series, Luka just went into God mode, you know. Uh, Luka Doncic can't carry this team to an NBA Finals, I don't believe, unless they have another superstar or at least another star. You know, props to Jalen Brunson, you know, and Spencer Dinwiddie. And, you know, I even like Dwight Powell, but... You know, they're not superstars. Um, there are rumors that they're going to go after like a Rudy Gobert or Zach Levine. Uh, if they can get like a Zach Levine, I think, you know, there's a good chance they can at least go as far as they did this year, you know, make it to the Western Conference Finals and then, you know, see what happens. Because sometimes it's just like luck, you know. Um, so, so, think, so you think they can make it back to the finals next year? If, next they, year? Get, if they get someone like a Zach Levine, Yes. Because you would have Big that John. other playmaker. Gotcha. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, honestly, I think the Mavericks are more than a player away. I, I like, I, I like Doncic. I don't know that he was necessarily in shape. I don't know that he has the mentality. I think one of the things that he fails to get other people involved, like the way he should. You know, um, uh, like I. I I, I'm not as optimistic that they can make it next season as perhaps Dennis is. I, I, I think they're they're a good team. They're a solid team. And when you have a player as good as Donkic, sure, there's always that shot. He could get hot and put a team on his back, I guess. Uh, uh, you but, know, I, it sounds corny, but what I'm hearing from you, John, is great player, greatness we're still looking for from him. You know, and being able to lift so. the players around him, the, 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 the help just by him on the uh, on the court that, you know, like Michael Jordan on the court would elevate the play of players around him. I, I was just first uh, I thought it was Harden. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I was just thinking that like uh, the Jordan example is perfect because um, when he had to slide over to point guard for a couple of games, his assists went up, his points went down, his teammates were better scorers right. because he understood as a point guard, I got to get everybody involved. Here you but, have Don. You know, honestly, to be fair to Doncic, though, yeah, Jordan had Pippen. He had better talent, no doubt. You know, yeah, that's what another, trying to say. Well, it's not even that. It's just they had another, they had another playmaker. You know what I, I mean? I, fair enough. Whereas Doncic, he's like really the only playmaker because Spencer Dinwiddie, despite being a point guard, and Jalen Brunson, despite being a point guard, they're going to look to score. You know, and as far as Luca not being able to get his teammates into it, I don't think that's really true. Because he averaged almost nine assists a game. And Wallace, yeah, it's just numbers. He is their offense, and his teammates know that. No, man, I get it, and I also get he's young. I just think they're more than a player away. I, I, that's it. I, because, look, okay, are, they, are, they better, are they better than the Suns? Uh, look. No, I just said, they, like, as a whole, if you take a regular season into account. Are they better than the Suns? The Suns are better are better than oh, Let me get the gloves. Let me get the gloves, people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, think the I, I kind number. of agree a bit with Big John, but 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 I agree with you, uh, uh, Dennis, in this sense. He's only 24. Yeah. Sometimes, uh, uh, if you don't come from a Tar Heels or, or Duke or these big programs, sometimes it takes a little bit longer to realize how good you are and what's what, what, what's expected of you. And and the way they talked about Luca, he seems to be in that transition mode where okay, greatness is your next step. Do you want it or not? But I also think just like, just people forget Michael Jordan, as Dennis keeps saying, had a team around him. And, and, and that's where I agree with John that he needs a couple of players, but, but I think Luca could be the real deal. We'll see. All right. 
let's let's let, let, let's close it out as John brought it up off screen. Those games were, were that that series was about was about a week ago, but that's not our fault. That's just the fact. Golden State was that good, yeah. you know. So let's go to the actual series here. The Golden State Warriors are taking on the Boston Celtics. Uh, I'm not a big basketball guru like you two, but when I look at this game, I see finesse versus physicality. Uh, now, in reading some of the experts and some of the, the, the more well-known sports bettors, everybody says, well, this could be a seven-game series, but yet nine out of ten of them all go with Golden State, with a few of them saying, I wouldn't be shocked if it's five to six. The reason I, I find that a little bit... Uh, questioning is Steve Kerr has failed against one team in his career as a head coach, the Boston Celtics. He's got a losing record against them one-on-one. The last time I think he beat him was in, in 2014 or 15, and that was a sub-500 Celtics team. So Big Dennis, what's your, just, just your off-the-wall take on, on, on betters and experts talking about how close it is, but when it comes down to picking it, everybody's going with Golden State? Well, I'll say this about Steve Kerr and his losing record to the Celtics. It doesn't matter, as The Rock would say. Um, because, it, you know, you have different teams. You had different coach even back then. I mean, like he was coaching against Doc Rivers, who was a good coach. You know what I mean? So, you know, it, it doesn't matter. But as far as, like, you know, people saying he's going to go seven, but then they're picking the Warriors in five or six. Yeah, it could go seven. But it depends on which Boston Celtics team – shows up and how can consistent can they be are they gonna be like oh yeah jason tatum is shooting like four for 16 or whatever it was or is it gonna be jason tatum who's like lights out you know what i mean go well, to state, I guess you know what you get, get. you know with the celtics but you're not sure which Celtic team you're gonna get i get that but at the end of the day that same celtics team has handed it to the uh golden state warriors uh in the regular season the past few years so so there's maybe that's what they're thinking of but we know the Celtics are defense. Does their def- they're able to switch up the defense quite a bit too. That's how good they are. Well, do they have enough of a defense in terms of switching it up, uh, uh, matching up with them as, as the game goes along, much less a series, to slow the Warriors down? Uh, I think if you ask me this question next year, I would say yes, because their head coach, Ime uh, Udoka, he was known for their defense. Uh, in fact, because of that, uh, the Brooklyn Nets hired him as an assistant coach last year because they knew that they had a big deficiency there. Um, so it's a new defense with the Celtics this season. They're, they're still learning it despite doing it for like, you know, 100 some, 100 some games now, whatever. But, you know, next year, yes, they'll, they'll know everything. Now, no, and especially when you go on against a team as, uh, disciplined, uh, but still free-flowing as the Golden State Warriors. Well, let me bring the next factor in then. And John, you can chime in on this too, please. So uh, you just said they're so disciplined, they're this or that, and off-camera we are talking about how the Celtics at times can fall apart. But in fairness to the Celtics, when, when Golden State has lost, they've averaged 16.3 turnovers in the playoffs. I mean, that, that, that's a big number there. Uh, so, so they're not necessarily, uh, my point being is we're talking about how the Celtics are up and down. Well, even though they haven't lost a lot, they did lose to the young Grizzlies team. They, they weren't able to put Golden State away in the suite, which we all thought they would have uh, by, by that point. So is that a bit of an X factor that you think they can exploit? And do they have the players to exploit that? Uh, as far as the Golden State Warriors turnovers? Yeah, 16.3 uh, per game that they've lost in the playoffs. Well, I mean, you know, they still – they have, like, young players that are getting a lot of time, like a Jonathan Kaminga. Jordan Poole is still a young a young kid. Right. So I'm sure that played into that number. But it's the playoffs now. You know, it's the NBA Finals. You know, you have to step up. And I think Steve Kerr's rotation might get a little bit shorter – the leash might be a little bit shorter for like a Kaminga. Uh, so I, I don't know. It could be an X factor because like when you think about X factors, you're trying to think of something like that isn't obvious. Something that's like below the surface but could rise. And I think that's a good act, X factor to think about. I, I just don't know how significant it will be personally just because the Golden State Warriors are the Golden State Warriors. I mean, you don't make it into the NBA Finals 
six of the last eight years by right, not right. being good, you know. Big John, are there any prop bets somebody could take uh, uh, with that bit of information or any kind of betting that well, that would help him in? Yeah, you can bet on anything. But um, so I think that, what, so for example, I'll tell you what I put down. I put down Golden State in six because I was getting plus 500 on it. So I, I, I thought that was a smart bet. I, I don't think it goes seven. Um, I'll wait and see that if the Celtics pull up even, say two games, two to two or something like that, that I might go put a, a hedge bet on them in seven, but that's something entirely different. Um, but John, for the audience, what's a plus 500? Plus 500 means for every $100 you put down, you get you win 500. So it's basically a five to one odds. That's um, pretty good. And, yeah, and that's if it goes exactly six games in Golden State's favor. But like I was just checking the odds, guys, right now. Golden State at one of the sites that I use is listed as a minus 165. So they've actually increased their odds of winning in the last couple of days. And the Celtics are only at plus 135. So there's still some money coming in on the Celtics, which is why the odds are still relatively low for somebody that's that much of an underdog. And when you look at um, when will the series finish, which is like, regardless of which team wins, it's how many games do you expect the finals to go? The odds on favorite is seven games. Right. Yeah. yeah and that's what the yeah, experts and analysts keep saying, you know, so, uh, so big Dennis, a uh, big Dennis, Dennis. Uh, again, we're talking about the Celtics defense, how good they are. How underrated is Golden State's defense and perception? Because the talk is all Celtics D, but weren't the Warriors one of the top defenses in the regular season? Now, but but adding to that, the Celtics swept the Nets, which stunned us all. I, I was personally rooting for uh, the Nets just because of everything they gone through. But then they had two seven-game series. And, uh, this, and they're a physical team. You add three games that Golden State has extra rest. The fact that they have their own solid defense, they've got at least five shooters on that team, you know, is, is, is just the wear and tear uh, going to be too much for the Celtics to take advantage uh, of their defense against the Warriors? I guess what I'm asking is they're strong on defense, but they're kind of facing a brick wall here. Do they have enough or are they too gassed to overtake the, 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 the Warriors? Um, well, let me say first about the Nets. In that series, the Celtics, I think they won on average by four points. So any one of those games could have gone the other way. And it, what showed is the Celtics can't close out like a true champion should. They had the Nets on the ropes by 20 20 plus points, but the Nets would make a comeback. You, you saw with the Heat, the Heat, yeah. they were down, but against the ropes, but the Celtics couldn't lay that haymaker on there, you know? And even um, with the Bucks, is that part of the reason what you're, I'm sorry, John, go ahead. I was going to say, even with the Bucks, Middleton was out. Yeah, it Middleton should, was out. It should he's not like, have gone seven games with the no, Bucks either. It, it so. shouldn't have. It shouldn't have. <laughs> but he's arguably the second best experience. offensive player. So. Yeah. Yeah. But is but, that a product um, of an experience, Dennis? Yeah, no, it totally is. And, you know, and that's going to be a major reason why the Warriors should win. And, you know, you're talking about the regular season number one defense. It should come as no surprise. Even, you know, when they first made it to the NBA Finals eight years ago and each subsequent time, they were, they were known for the offense and shooting, but they also had the number one defense. So exactly. it's not a surprise. Like Michael Jordan. Right. Like what Michael Jordan, like, you know, you think offense, offense, but he was defensive player of the year. He made 10 plus all NBA first team, you know, defense, defensive teams. Um, you know, same thing with Kobe Bryant, all offense, but he was also all NBA. But but, but, but is, it a, is it a different type of defense, Dennis? I think that's like a key, right? Like, is it the same? What do you mean, Big John? Like, I think the Celtics defense is more physically wearing on the team as opposed, and they play more of a, of a like physical, physical type of defense, like uh, old school. Uh, Eastern oh, right, right, right. I, I, I think yeah. Dennis was referring to, uh, to uh, uh, the fact that, that GSW is underrated defensively. Like, oh, 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 agreed. And I think right. uh, that's why if like, for example, 
it slips my mind that they had the best defense, right? Because you just don't think of them as being grinders and bangers, right? But they're effective. They execute properly. So is that a perception that it's like, well, the Celtics are clearly, you know, they're, they're rough and tumble when it comes to defense, as opposed to Golden State, which may be effective, but they're not necessarily going to wear you out. They're not going to grind you down. Right, right, right. Right, right. right. But then again, uh, finesse defense or a physical defense will wear you down quickly, but it's also dangerous to the team itself as we've seen with the heat and and and, and the Absolutely. Nets coming back from the deficits then you have that finesse defense and finesse may be the wrong word because that's about really is a grappling sport at times but let's say the michael jordan defense regardless of the physical or finesse a good defense makes you work and that eats energy up out of the body. And as the game goes on, uh, uh, personally speaking, I've experienced that in the military. When you're just completely gassed and you're given tasks that test your me- that te- test your mental strength and capacity. And when you're young, you can keep that defensive focus for five, 10 minutes, but the intensity is so, so, so up there that it's easy to come down because you're just so exhausted. And and I think that's what we're seeing at times with the Celtics because they're so young. They can play that intensity, but then they're they're, they're the youth. It's kind of like a dog. Here, boy, you just distract them, and then they just lose focus, and that's how these other teams. uh, uh, And that kind of covered the experience factor because that was one of my questions. So it seems that we're all kind of in agreement. A strong offense would go to state combined with a strong defense that the average person doesn't realize that they, they have and are with the with the, the fact that the Celtics have been taxed and they kind of lose focus that we kind of all agree this is a Celtics series to lose. But all that said, let's talk about some Achilles heel. So, for example, I think we may have already mentioned it. If Steve Kerr's only losing record is against the Celtics, seven and nine, five one and one season splits, Two zero oh, and two sweeps. Does that not count for nothing in, fa- in helping the Celtics out? And let's not forget, he's only won once against them. Was a two zero oh, sweep in his first season at Golden State, and Boston was a sub five hundred team at that point. So, so Dennis, doesn't that kind of like are we overlooking the Celtics? I mean, it's regular season, and 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 regular season doesn't matter. It's the playoffs now, but there's some consistency with the Celtics dominating the the, the, the Golden State there. All right, well, first of all, let me say this about the Golden State Warriors defense, hitting back and what we're talking about. One of the best things they do is they communicate. Uh, so they play very efficiently. They don't have to be as physically taxing, uh, play as physically taxing as the Celtics. Uh, as far as Steve Kerr and that record, to me, it's a small sample size still. Yes, it's over several years, but they only play them twice a year. And in the past, Draymond Green has been hurt. Seth Curry has been hurt. Clay Thompson hasn't really played for, you know, besides this season, he didn't play for the last two, this two seasons prior to that. I mean, it, it really doesn't matter because a lot of times it's just the personnel, like who was available in those games, you know, with Steve, Great Kirk, points. you know what I'm saying? So it doesn't Great really matter. Like what matters is what happens now, you know, it's like, what have you done? Great, great, great points. What, what, what Dennis is saying, John, at least to me is that he's taking each series in context. Who was her? Who was there? Where was the series at? Sure. Etc. And, and we tend to forget that. And I think that's why betters lose a lot of money. They'll look at that data, and what they don't realize is that's part of the equation and a small part of it. But Big John, what are your thoughts on what uh, I gave out in terms of the numbers, and then what Dennis said? Well, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm with Dennis. I think those numbers you mentioned are irrelevant, quite honestly. I mean, it's not a psychological thing you might throw out there. It's not like he said. You know, if you're playing without those stars at one point or another, it's completely different. And the Celtics teams were different probably at that point too as well. So I think it's very, very, very limited value. And I think like the, the Sharps, you know, the, the experienced betters know that already. That's already been worked into the to their reasoning. Um, so you're uh, saying to the betters, it's a nice little tidbit, but don't put a lot of stock into yeah, it. Yeah, I, I would not put a lot into it, no. So Dennis, uh, uh, and, and you know, but when I hear the name Gary Payton, I don't think the second, I think of the real deal. You know, I love watching him play. It was so unpredictable. But Gary Payton, the second, is expected back. He hasn't played in a little while. 
can he make an impact this series? I, I, look, anytime a defensive player hits the floor, they they can make an impact as opposed to an offensive player. And the reason why is, as a defensive player, it's just like you choose to play defense. Yeah. It, it's kind of that simple. Whereas if you're an offensive player, you have to look at what the defense is giving you. Is your teammate open? Is your teammate not open? Is he driving the lane? Is he not driving the lane? There's so many factors when it comes to offense. And, and not to it's not as easy to flow right back into it as exactly. opposed to defense. So exactly. he can make an impact. Will he make an, an impact? Now, that's a different question because he hasn't played. But, you know, we'll see. I wouldn't bet against him, though. Mm-hmm. I, you know, uh, John and Dennis, I kind of look at it exactly as you said, Dennis, with the added caveat, the most important X factor is sometimes it's not within the player's control. It's in their head, and they're just not on. Defensively, you don't have to worry about that because it's such it's such discipline and focus and how you play. You're not counting on Lady Luck when you take that shot. And it just seems so many times we'll see in the beginning of a big game and the star player, and he's just throwing brick after brick after brick. And as fans rooting for him, we're just it's, – it's all we can do is hope he gets out of the slump because there's nothing he can do except uh, uh, for, for Lady Luck to intervene. Agree or disagree, John? No, I agree. If you're a good defensive player is always on this game. Regardless, you know, like unless they're injured, a good defensive player. I, I like you. When's the last time I knew anyone ever heard? Oh, this guy was off his steals game today, or he he didn't rotate properly today. Like you never hear that, right? You right. you always hear about someone put like you said putting up bricks or not being sharp on the passes or not seeing the court. You know, whatever. When's the last time you heard like a defensive player wasn't? You know, like the only time you hear about defensive players not performing is when they're hurt. Like right. that's it, you know? Right. So, so I, I agree with Dennis a hundred percent. Like if he's going to make a factor, it's going to be on defense and it'll all depend if he's healthy or not. If they, if he gets some minutes and he's healthy, he'll, he'll make some sort of impact. Um, I don't know how big it's going to be, but it, it certainly doesn't hurt having him on the bench. Look at that. All three of us are literally on the same page. There's a few little minute differences. So Dennis, uh, off camera, we talked about the scoring overall and in general, but the truth of the matter is we know Boston has two great, well, I don't want to say great, based on how I watch him play and being a novice, but to me, they have two good scores there. And, and, and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Uh, but we're talking Golden State here. And, 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 and against the Bucks and the Heat, they didn't face so many prolific shooters, meaning you can't just shut one or two down and not worry about the rest. So to keep up with them, many are assuming, and I would tend to agree just in, in a layman sense that, they're going to need a third person to step up to, 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 to keep up with the, the points, possibly. Can, first of all, can they do that with just having the two shooters, Tatum and Brown? Or do they really need that third person to, 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 to uh, take it to the next level? And who could that person be? Um, you know, every single championship team has like the two superstars and you have the role players. So if they have the role players playing their role and they step up, it'll be great for them. You know, it'll make it a series. And, you know, those players, especially this postseason, Grant Williams has proven to be like, uh, I would even say like a very good third option. You know what I mean? Um, And Al Horford, he can go off at any point, you know, despite being, you know, like 526 years old. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I would bet on either one of those players, but I wouldn't sleep on uh, Peyton Pritchard either. You know, he's a great shooter, you know, Whereas, you know, Tatum is that shooter slash scorer and Jalen Brown's more of a scorer. Pritchard is a great shooter. And, you know, once someone tries to lock down on Brown or on Jason Tatum and Pritchard's open, I almost guarantee it's going in because so far this postseason, it's seemed that way. So I would say number one, Grant Williams would step up. And if not him, then it would be Al Horford. If not him, Peyton Pritchard, without a question. Okay, so so in essence, they have players that can step up. Will they be able to step up this series? Just a quick yes or no there. Uh, I would say. Or, or I don't know. <laughs> I would say yes for Grant Williams. I would say uh, somewhat yes for Peyton Pritchard because he's been consistent. You know, it's not a big, oh, my God, he's scoring 20 points, but he'll give you 12. And, you know, Al Horford, you know, I would say yes because he's older. But is it enough to overcome Golden State, the Golden State Warriors? You know, that's really the question. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Big John. So. 
for the betters out there, again, people, I'm not a better. That's why I defer to Big John and keep my trap shut. But that said, so so you can bet on every game as they go along. So if the fans are watching uh, the dynamic duo getting covered well and no third party or no no third player stepping up, are you as a better? Are you st- that's when you start to pull away from the potential for an upset and from the Celtics, or do you think that that third man can step up anytime? Well, so when you said that, it's interesting. Not only can you bet on the series, not only can you bet on the number of games, not only can you bet on each individual game, you can bet on halves and you can bet on quarters. So there's very interesting bets. Like, for example, if you talk to most sharp bettors, you always take Golden State to win the third quarter. They outscore their opponents every third quarter. It's almost like the most certain bet for basketball players bet golden state for the third quarter now having said all that i'm taking golden state game one i think the celtics are going to be tired they're going to be coming off a high um it's a classic trap game for them i I, i'm definitely taking uh uh, golden state i think they're uh the let me just quickly look at the latest odds here Uh, but you're looking at that big john what about the youth i mean i agree with you but the another potential x factor from my understanding I don't know their specific ages, and Dennis, she can probably help out here. Is there a chance they're just so young, so 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 young and dumb? And as they used to say about sailors, young, dumb, and you know what? Uh, but my point being is, they're too naive to realize we're supposed to be tired. Do you think there's still there's potential for that energy to come through? Either one of you, Dennis? Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't know because I think they understand the grind that's needed because they're going through it. Um, but do they really understand it where they're actually going to take action against it? You know, that's a different question. Like you can say, oh yeah, I know it's a grind. Okay, but what are you going to do <laughs> like with that grind? You know, I think they're at that point and this is going to be where they can actually take action or they're going to be what most young players and athletes are and think they're God and they can just do whatever. You know, God, um, be young again. Yeah, John, I know, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, we're all yeah. old folks. But Dennis, you look much younger than any yeah. of us. Yeah, exactly. You look yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm half a century year old. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Big John, do you think they may be too naive to realize they're supposed to be tired? No, no. I, I think they will be tired. It's just, it is what it is, whether they accept it or not. Um, I think, look, Golden State is a four-point favorite in game one. I'm, I'm putting money on that because I think Golden State wins the first game easily. Um, I think the series will go six if anybody's interested. I think Golden State takes it in six. Oh, well, um, we got a whole segment about that there, brother. Okay, sorry. But I, but, I, but I do think that Golden State is just in a better position. They've had time to rest. They're getting everybody back healthy. Um, Boston, on the other hand, has had like two very tough series back-to-back. And I think part of it is they hear what people say. Players aren't oblivious to what we say, what other journalists say. Everyone's saying they took too much time to close out the Bucks. They took too much time to close out the the Heat. And they don't have that put their foot on the opponent's throat when they have the chance. So I think they hear all that. It's got to get to them. So um, is there psyche? Mm, Maybe. I think it is. I, I don't think their youth uh sort of prevents them from hearing that stuff william dennis i don't know what you think like i i know they hear stuff right it's not like they live in this bubble so to speak and and i don't think they're immune to hearing the criticism right so um i i think if they're professionals it doesn't affect their play but i think they're just beat up too i think they're it's just it is what it is they're beat up honestly that that's where coaching makes a difference in team leadership and, and helping those young players realize what they're in. And if they are still full of energy, to properly channel that energy. So we don't know. But that said, I don't think they took too long to put away either one of these teams. I just think that's how tough that division is. And them being so young, that's their learning curve. You know, sometimes you got to go through that game seven. But they have gone through two game sevens. I'm going off topic here, I apologize, but they've gone through two game sevens. They won one of them away from home. So I would rather have them go through that and those experiences because they're still so young, entering the Golden State series versus not having that and not realizing 
uh, uh, had to keep up with a team like Golden State uh, or even put them away at the end. Because I think even they won the series. They didn't necessarily put those teams away, but they're learning how. Each series they get closer to. So so who knows? Who knows? But Dennis, so most people who don't follow basketball like myself uh, uh, until the past year, when I would look at Golden State, I just saw this this team going up and down, up and down, up and down, finesse, shooters, three-pointers, a fast-paced team. But ironically, that hasn't been the Golden State Warriors uh, 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 recently. That was early on in Kerr's uh, career as a head coach with them. Doesn't a more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, controlled tempo versus the run and gun from Kerr's early uh, years, doesn't that kind of help the Celtics stick around in the series longer? No, I think the Celtics would probably want to go to say Warriors to try to run. Oh, really? Really? Run with them. Yeah, because the Celtics are younger. You know what I'm saying? Other than Al Horford, everybody's really young on that team. So it's like, yeah, run. But, you know, it's uh, in, in the early part, you know, the Golden State Warriors, they did run, but it wasn't really like a run and gun. It was always like a controlled pace. You know, it's the same thing now. You know, they just run so many types of different sets with so many different counters to each set, it's ridiculous. So you can see them score like 120 points and think they're going run and gun. No, they're just hitting a lot of open threes. You know, they're hitting a lot of uh, people cutting down the middle because with their offense, uh, you know, primarily shooting on the perimeter, it leaves the middle open so many times. So when someone like a Jonathan Kaminga cuts the lane, he can get it and dunk the ball. Andre Iguodala, when he was healthy, Despite being old, he cuts the lane. He can dunk the ball because it's so open. You know what I mean? Um, because you'll have someone like Draymond Green playing the center for the Warriors. So what happens? You bring out Robert Williams because you have to play Draymond uh, Green out there. Not because he, he's going to hit the three every single time. It's because Draymond Green will be able to like pass the ball so easily. He's like one of the best passing big men. He just does so many things. So, you know... If the Warriors play that type of game, that offense where they're in control, they're controlling the pace, they're controlling everything, that's not going to be good for the Celtics. That's why it's like, yeah, run because you, you want have to, the so young they guys like run, Robert man. Williams, you know, even Al Horford, all those guys will run back to play defense. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it'll just be better and easier for someone, especially like Jalen Brown. Yeah, no, that. Makes sense. It makes. I hadn't looked at it for that. I looked at it from the perspective of slowing the game down because these Celtics have gone through two seven game series may benefit them long term. But you're right; they're younger, and those guys. In fact, that they do talk about Golden State. This is their their window is really closing, not because they're going to lose talent, but just because they're all getting older, or some of the key players are getting older. Big John, thoughts? Uh, no, uh, I, I, mean, I, I gun versus control tempo. Who it favors? Yeah, no, I agree. I, and I think there's a distinction between movement and run and gun necessarily. So to Dennis's point, Golden State is very fluid, like they're, they're constant motion, but it's not the like grab a rebound or grab the bu bucket, take it inbounds and then just zoom down and put, no, it's, they've got a plan. And that plan is that everybody moves, they all have their, their assignments. So it seems like, like to Dennis's point, oh, you see, they put up 120, 125. You're like, oh, they must be showtime. They, they've got to be right. showtime. But Imagine showtime not. with a three-pointer. <laughs> but they're not, right? What they are is a, a precision offense that, that incorporates tons of movement. So it's not four guys set, you wait for a pick and roll like the old jazz or something like that. It's not like that. It's not the try. It's like this constant you know, it, you know, like almost like some weird Asian philosophical thing, right? It's like they're always moving around, be like water, like Bruce Lee or whatever, be like water, you know, like, I think it's more that. So yeah. to the extent that um, I don't think the, the Warriors get tired of that. And I think that the Celtics have to make decisions in their defense, you know, like, who are they going to collapse on? What are they taking away? What are they, what's their best shot of winning? So if anything, I would say Dennis, like if you're the Celtics defensively, what do you focus on? Do you take away the three? Do you take away the lane? Well, like, well to add on John, yeah. add on John to that. Those will be the, the, the problems they have to solve. Now the Celtics are known to be able to switch up defensively, you know, throughout the game. 
will they be able to, to do that? Well, we both, we all kind of agree that it's, it's a Celtics to lose, but do they have the repertoire uh, in being able to switch up enough to counter Golden State? Well, I would say like a lot of times, and you know, Tom Thibodeau made this very popular, is this defensive um, tactic called ice, where you know, in a pick and roll or in a you know, pick and roll set, the defender of the picker will just hang back uh, and play the drive, right, on the pick and roll. But with the Warriors, yeah, if you hang back, they're taking a three. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's sort of like it'll it'll be tough, you know, for for the Celtics. It's like you got to figure out what are you going to do because if you're going to go over a pick and the, the Warriors do pick a lot, if you're going to go over the pick, the guy's definitely rolling. And now they have like you know pretty good athletes uh, like a Jonathan Kaminga, you know, and a, a KG veteran like a Draymond Green who will find open lane and get an easy dunk. Right, they can get to the hoop. Like, yeah. You, you know, Dennis, you bring up a great point that, that I want to be looking at in the series is, uh, to me, defense wins championships regardless of what league, unless you're facing a team that is both offense and defense, like Golden State. But I'm going to be looking to see how physical they are because what people don't realize, again, the mental aspect of the game, when you're getting pounded on physically, uh, it's easy to knock you off your threes game. And if the Celtics can knock the Warriors off their, 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 their ability to throw and knock down those threes, then I really think it becomes anybody's ball game. Because if I remember correctly, and I'm the novice here, but again, my perception is, as John said, you know, they're, they're going to be throwing threes up, you know? Uh, uh, any truth to uh, uh, my thought process there? No, I mean, like, as a layman, yeah, that's what everyone thinks about Golden State, because, you know, you have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, two of the best three-point shooters ever, but, I mean, you can't sleep on that open space that's still going to be there. Even if they miss, there's still a threat, and the, the defense has to play up on them. You right, know what I mean? Right. So that's going to leave the lane open. And Golden State, they're smart enough to, like, all right, now we're going to drive to the hoop. You know, yeah, now yeah. we're going to cut to the basket. You know, you watch Steph Curry, he's nonstop movement. Even if the shot's not set up for him, he's cutting into the lane. Like, I would look for this. If Steph Curry brings up the ball, right and the defense is spread out Steph Curry is going to pass the ball out to the perimeter and keep going to the basket for the cut watch I'll look <laughs> so, for it yeah for so it. I mean you can't sleep on, uh, on the Warriors and thinking they're just going to shoot threes well, well I, I, I'm not talking watch. about sleeping I'm just thinking that 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 those three points are a big part of their game but you're saying that there's other weapons in their arsenal if that's not falling and that's what Celtics can't sleep oh on. yeah okay oh, Dennis sure. uh uh some matchups here. You don't have to get in too deeply, uh, 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 but tell us who you like uh, uh, in these matchups. Marcus Smart defending Stephen Curry. Uh, Steph. Steph. Uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum versus Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins. Uh, if you're saying basket for basket, even. If you're talking about defensive wise, uh, just because Clay Thompson has been an all defensive player before, I would say Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins. So you're saying they have the slight advantage in that They have the slight advantage overall, okay. yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Big John, any thoughts? Marcus Smart defending Stephen Curry? No well, one cares Coach about you, John. No, I'm kidding. Well, well Coach D said. All right, all right, all right. Uh, we'll wait till afterwards and I'll ask you for your thoughts on it. It's okay. It's okay. Talk Betty to the expert. Talk to the expert. Draymond Green against Al Horford. And I must say, a, a green pissed off the heat, but to no avail. They still lost, you know. Uh, Damon Green, B. John, I don't know if you said, came out on camera and said, yeah, we expect to be playing the, the Celtics, you know, right. before game seven, you know. But a Damon Green against Al Horford, Dennis. Uh, Draymond, yeah, Draymond at this point in their career, at their peaks, I would still say Draymond. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Kevin Looney versus... Robert Williams. I keep thinking Roberta because she was a big, she's in history. She'll be long, long, long known after Robert Williams is gone. But Kevin Looney versus Robert Williams. Who do you like? Oh, man. I would say that's even for different reasons. Um, but if I was picking a team, I would probably draft Robert Williams. 
Uh, okay, you said they're kind of even. Is that their playing style defensively, how they think on the core? Uh, they're yeah. pretty much similar well, in that sense? Well, here's the thing. They're both bruisers, but, you know, Looney has the ring. Uh, but Williams has a little better talent, but Looney has the experience on them. Experience factor, factor, yeah. Uh, Steve Kerr, sixth NBA Finals as a coach versus, how do you say his first name, Emi? Emi? No, Emi. Emi. Yeah. Udoka. Udoka. Yeah. You know, I can get the last name, Udoka, with the accent. Udoka. Yeah. <laughs> First finals as a coach. I mean, obviously, we, kind of, we all kind of know the answer to that one. Yeah, it's Steve Kerr, no question. Yeah, actually, picking the white guy. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm picking the guy that's won how many chips as a player. Uh, as a I'm coach. a political guy. I just can't resist. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, I agree. Steve, I mean, I loathe Steve Kerr as a human being. I really do. But you can't take anything against uh, away from him, not only as a player, but what he's done as a head coach. It was one thing to inherit the team because Mark Jackson built that team originally, but then he took it to the next level and he's built on that. So and so you can't take anything away from Kerr. Uh, any thoughts there on those matchups there, Big John? No, I, I pretty much aligned with what Danny said. I uh, like I I was waiting to see whether he would take Looney or Williams, and I I I liked Williams. I like Robert Williams. I think the Celtics are a much better team with him in the lineup. So, so I agreed with him on that. That was the only one that was sort of up in the air. All right, to Big John and Dennis here. I want to hear from Big John first. Uh, as I've mentioned before, we're not a DFS podcast. We're not a sports betters podcast. But obviously. Those aspects have, oh, well, DFS recently, but uh, you could not not listen to a show on the radio as a sports fan, and there was there was always a segment on sports betting. I was always lost because I, I, I don't bet. So right now, the Golden State Warriors are minus 150 to win the NBA championship, while the Boston Celtics are underdogs and sitting at plus 130 at most outlets. There's a lot of newbies wanting to make bets. What does that mean, Big John? If you can break that down and tell us if you agree or disagree, and then we'll go to Dennis for his thoughts. Sure. So I'll update you, William, very quickly. Um, the odds shifted a little bit. So Golden State are now at minus 165. Oh, wow. And, and the Celtics are at plus 135. So slight movement. And the reason you saw that movement was that Vegas saw more money coming in on the Warriors. So they had to make they had to lower the odds uh, that you get paid back on the Warriors and increase the odds a little bit on the Celtics. And that's the so, more betting, right? Well, that means that Vegas. See, people think that Las Vegas makes its money by predicting the outcome. They don't. The way they make money is by getting half the people to bet on one team and the other half to bet on the other because both sides are paying them what's called a vigorous, which means a small commission to make the bet. So the way they win is if they get a perfect 50, uh, 50 split, they couldn't care less who wins the game. Right. Yeah. So if they see too much money on one team, they'll shift the odds to try to get people to go to the other side to balance yeah. it off. Right. Gotcha, gotcha. But anyway, so what is minus 150 minus 165? So to make the numbers easier, minus 150 means you would have to bet $150 to win 100. That's That means you're betting on the favorite. For the Celtics, that means if you bet 100 and they win the series, you get back 130 or 135, right? So, so they're giving you the incentive to say, okay, we know the Celtics are likely to lose. We're going to pay you a little bit extra if they win to induce you to bet on the Celtics. Otherwise, if it was even money, everybody would bet on the Warriors, right? Right, right. So that's what those numbers mean. Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, do the Celtics in the plus 135 now from 130 to 135 uh, to take the series is that an attractive bet should people no. jump on that one i mean wrong. No. no no you still think stick with the golden state well i don't know how dennis feels but to me there's almost no doubt in my mind that golden state is winning the series so the more interesting bets to me are if you can predict how many games it'll take what the final like you get nicer odds that way um, to be honest with you i wouldn't even consider the celtics unless they were in the plus 250 range because at that point, you have a risk-reward balance. Like, Because look, the one thing I will say about the Celtics, I'm pretty sure Dennis will agree, they've had the luck of the Irish this year, that old Red Arbach thing, right? They went up against Milwaukee, who was probably the best team in the East, and Middleton is out. Their second-best offensive player is out. Then they go up against the, the Heat, 
And their best shooter, the sixth man of the year, is out for the entire series, basically, right? And Butler missed a game. So they've had that luck of the Irish where the other team has not been at 100%, even with the Nets to some extent, with, with Simmons being out and everything. So, so they've had this nice run, the luck of the Irish, the old Red Arbach thing. If that holds up against Golden State, that's where you may see a lot of money switching. Like if all of a sudden Curry comes up late or Thompson comes up late or, or, or Draymond has to sit out a game or two. If anything like that happens, which look, you can't predict that sort of thing, but given the Celtics thus far, if you believe in Mojo, maybe they've got a little bit of the luck of the Irish left in them for the for the finals. So it's the yeah. ultimate test, isn't it, John? The reason I say the ultimate test is they got all the, the luck of the Irish, but now they're facing a team that's the exact opposite. They're gelling and their their players are becoming healthy for the biggest series in their careers. You know, Dennis, any thoughts on, on the gambling portion there? No, no, I totally uh, everything that job said i think the more interesting bets are probably gonna be like prop bets now you know yeah. which make it fun you know it's like who's gonna score first celtics or you know the, the warriors is it gonna be curry or is it gonna be thompson you know like that sort of thing that's more interesting as opposed to uh like you know the yeah. plus 135 it's, it's more fun to talk about those types you know yeah well, and it, like john said it's not attractive enough to bet on the Celtics, you know, that risk reward. Oh, okay, okay, well, we're out of here. Real quick then, Dennis. Give me a prop bet you would like to see or you would do. Anything come to mind? Oh, um, well, if I want to make some easy money, I'd probably say the first three-pointer would be hit by Steph Curry. <laughs> Big John, what do you say? Prop I'll, put, I'll tell you one I put on. It's not, um, it probably won't come in, but it's one of those bets you make because the, the value is there, right? I've got the MVP of the series being Thompson, Clay Thompson. He's coming off at plus 1,500. So that means 15 to 1. Uh, the, the, the favorite is Seth Curry. He's at like minus 110, I think, or plus 110. Gotcha. So it's almost even money. Uh, Tatum is up there with like plus two. He's the second most likely. Thompson, I like, at, I don't know, Dennis, what do you think? Is there a shot like Thompson that. pulls it off at plus 1,500? Yeah, yeah. That means, so how much uh, does that cost you, John, to make that? That bet. Well, you can put down as much money as you want, but like, let's put it this way. A hundred dollar bet means you get 1500 bucks back. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. That's what I meant is how much you, okay. Yeah. It's 15 to one. It's 15 to one. That's the phenomenal odds. See, that's why, honestly, that's why I don't gamble. I look at those odds. I'm like, oh my God. You know, next thing you know, my wife's like, did you pay the bill? (laughs) Whatever. Here's another one for you. Draymond Green, the last I checked was at plus 3,300. Wow. So if you think Draymond Green's going to go off, now's yeah. the time to, but I see, I don't, I don't, I think it more likely is going to, first of all, it's always from the winning team. So you got to pick yeah. a Golden yeah. State Warrior. So okay. Me, okay. While we're there, then let's go yeah. ahead and pick him. So Big John, who wins and in how many games? Warriors in six. And I, I say Warriors in six also with Steph Curry taking the MVP. Okay. Only because, and I'll say this, the three titles that the Dubs have, Seth Curry was not the finals MVP. That's the right. first time, That's right. it was Andre Iguodala. Now, that would have been a good prop bet. He was probably well, like would, 500 You would have cleaned up on him. Yeah, you would have cleaned up on him. Yeah. So, it was Andre Iguodala. And then, you know, you had Kevin Durant, the last two. So, right. I think Steph Curry, just to sort of, not does he really have to do this? But to cement his legacy, you know, he's never won an NBA Finals MVP. He's won the MVP twice, you know, during the regular season, but not a Finals MVP. If he can do that, that will be like, you know what? We might have to consider Steph Curry the best point guard guard of all time now. You You see, that kind of bugs me. Not, Not you, but I mean, it's like, because sometimes there may be somebody more deserving, but then they think of the legacy. They think of this. They're like, well, he's earned it. It's his time. It's his due. And I, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope if he does win it, it it's legit. You know, honestly, I want to make two predictions. I'm with you guys. I think Golden State, as it is, takes it in six or seven. But I want to say this caveat. 
if the Celtics do get as physical as I think they can and can disrupt some of those pick and rolls and some of those three-point shots, then I legitimately believe the Celtics can pull off an upset, as unlikely as it sounds. And I Because that's what I said in some of the previous years for the Celtics, because I'm a big believer in defense. I made money on the Ravens, and I predicted uh, Tom Patriot's uh, 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 win against the St. Louis Rams. In fact, a Chicago station had me come back on that following Monday as I was all hung over that just to ask what made you pick them and it's because i believe in defense so so i'm with you guys uh but i just want to give a little love to, to the celtics you know okay great segment there uh, uh, uh great information for the betters prop betters for newbies like me let's have a little fun before we close the show out favorite basketball movies now I, I've seen a lot of basketball movies, but when I mentioned this to you guys, I was drawing a blank and then you guys threw 10 zillion uh, 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 movies out here. I just want to ask you guys, if did either one of you see uh, both Space Jams? Yeah, of course. All right. I, I just saw the first one. Gotcha. Okay, so this is on you, Dennis. Older generation, the, 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 the argument, LeBron or Jordan? I mean, it's Jordan, clear as day. The guy just, he just won. LeBron's a winner, but he's also a loser a lot too. Now, I, mean, I don't mean to sound as negative as it sounded, but what I'm saying is Jordan epitomizes winning. So to me, there is no Jordan. But that said, Space Jam 1 or Space Jam 2? What do you say, Dennis? Space Jordan Jam. or LeBron? Yeah, Space Jam, the original. And a lot of people that are younger, that grew up with LeBron, that saw both movies, they would also say Space Jam because the second one was so... Bad. I, I almost didn't finish watching it. It was, but I was just like, you know what? I just have to finish it because I'm like 30 minutes in. But a lot of it seems so forced. It's like trying to be funny, trying to be edgy. The plot line was kind of corny. Uh, the original was way better. Definitely way better. You know what? That's what I read from most people. And I think even one of the writers or maybe the director from the first one came out and hammered the second one. You know, politically speaking, Bad. I read that it was also a little bit woke uh, and that kind of turned people off, too. Uh, but either or uh, 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 Looney to Warner Brothers, is it Looney, is it Looney Two characters? Yeah, both of those guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they just laid an egg. Uh, instead of doing what would have worked and what should have worked, it looks like they, they, they just... They, I don't, I don't want to say try too hard. I just think they ignored common sense from what uh, I did try too hard. It was so bad. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what the woke part of it was. It was just a bad movie. It was just really bad. Dennis, I'm getting ready for you to go. It's a bad movie. Not discussing it. You get up and walk away. <laughs> you know. All righty then. So, Big John, name your favorite. Okay, I, I don't have one favorite movie. So, what are your favorite basketball movies, or is this one that sticks in your head, and why? Uh, well, I, I, as always, I lean towards comedy. So I, three movies that come to, I, there's been a lot of good ones, right? Uh, but the ones I'll take is, um, first one I'll take, and I'll give you a little backstory, is um, uh, the Gabe uh, Kaplan movie, Fast Break. Yeah, Gabe so, Kaplan. He's which funny. had Gabe Kaplan and Bernard King in it. And yeah. uh, it was a stupid 70s comedy. But the reason I like it is they shot a lot of that movie in the pool hall that I used to hang out in okay. in in, Man in Manhattan uh, when I was a kid. So, like, I don't know if I'm in any of the shots, but, uh, like, I was there when they filmed because I was shooting pool with a couple of friends. And they said, okay, you know you guys can stay because we were there like every weekend they were like you guys can stay but you got to be quiet you got to be in the back we, we don't want you jumping around and right so for that reason uh, i'll put fast break in there uh, uh semi-pro uh <laughs> with with will ferrell i love watching that movie the funny thing about will ferrell movies is when they when i first see a will ferrell movie i'm going man that was horrible but then every time I watch it, it gets funnier and funnier. And by the seventh or eighth viewing, I think it's one of the greatest comedies around. So, uh, you know, that, that whole thing with Father Pat and the tropics and the ABA and it, like, it, I, I love that movie. But And then the third one, which wasn't a comedy, but I liked because the tie-in was uh, Basketball Diaries. Uh, when, you, when you think about Jim Carroll um, uh, you know, some people know him as a, as a singer, part of a band, the Jim Carroll band, uh, uh, People Who Died was one of their major songs. Um, but Jim Carroll, for those that don't know, 
it was very rare as a, as a child, basically, he started keeping a diary when he was like 10, 11, 12, he wrote down his thoughts. So by the time he got to the point where he was a promising basketball player, he had also spiraled into drugs and, and the abuse around him. So like to be able to, to dramatize that and put it on film, I thought that was very compelling. Also, if you read the actual book, it was very compelling. So what movie again, John, for the audience? Basketball Diaries. Leonardo, a young Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio was in that. I think it might be one of his first roles. So uh, yeah, if you get a chance, catch it. You could probably catch it on one of the streaming platforms. But uh, yeah, those are my three. And, and for the audience, two points. It shows how fleeting fame is and how quickly forgotten you are. But in the mid 70s, Gabe Kaplan was known throughout America and it was the show that launched John Travolta. Welcome back, Carter. Welcome One back, of the Carter. Most yeah. popular comedies in America at the time. In America, remember this we are fractured right now. Back then, you had three networks to watch at night. So Gabe Kaplan was known to the world. And on a side note, one at one time, one of the world's best poker players. His career kind of fizzled out, which again, shows how fleeting fame is. But Gabe Kaplan was a big name. Dennis, first of all, any specific movie or do you have a genre of movies or a few movies there you'd like to toss out? Now I'll throw out four. And like my, my top three in some order, each movie's different. All right, so, the first movie I'll throw out is Love and Basketball, which is a classic modern day, you know, love story through basketball. So well done, so well written, uh, it's a great movie. Um, so that's like a, a love story, but it also shows a lot of how high school basketball can be is in terms of like recruiting, right. uh, visibility, um, you know, and how you can make it to a big program, but no one gives a shit about you. Uh, and then another movie I would say is um, He Got Game. Great father and son story. You know, Denzel Washington's in it, so you can't go wrong with Denzel. Um, you know, and then you have one of the greatest basketball player names of all time, Jesus Shuttlesworth. You know, Jesus. You know, that's how he's proclaimed. Um, and like some of the actors were real ball players that I played against. So that was cool. Um, and then another movie is Hoosiers. Which, oh, Hoosiers almost made my list too, man. Yeah. Hoosiers, like whenever it's on TV, I watch it every yep. single time. Yep. Uh, you know, Gene Hackman did a great job in there. You have Jimmy Chitwood, you know, the legend, you know, um, it's like, oh, yeah, I don't want to play basketball anymore. But then he, here he comes to save the day. And one of the things I took from that is, uh, oh my God, this room looks bigger. No, measure it, it's 10 feet. It's 10 feet everywhere. So when I coach <laughs> and you know, players start to come, oh, it's a double rim. Oh, this looks off, whatever. It's 10 feet. It's 10 feet anywhere, you can play anywhere. You know, So I took it from that. So those are my top three. And like the fourth movie I want to mention is something very, very underrated um, that people for some reason always forget about. And that's Glory Road. Mm. And, and, you know, that's the story about, you know, Don Haskins, you know, taking an all black, all black yeah. team yeah. against Kentucky and Adolph Roy and Pat Riley. You know, it's just a, it's a great story, not because it's, oh, it's the first all black. No, no, it's just a great underdog movie. You know, that shows you but it how. Wasn't it about the first all black team to make it to the finals? Yes. To win. Right. Yes. Texas yes. Western, they won the whole thing, yep. you know, yes. and, and uh, actually Haskins stayed there for like 30 more years, you know, it went, it was Texas Western or Southwestern, then it became UTEP, you know, University of Texas right. El Paso, and, you know, that's just, that's a really good story, and people forget about that, but when you watch it, it's like, holy cow, this is such a good movie, you know? Right, um, I agree, right. I agree, I enjoyed that movie. Yeah. You know, you know the, 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 the first movie I thought it was a fish that saved Pittsburgh, and I don't know why. It came out in the late 70s, but that's on my mind. But then when I thought about it, uh, the two movies I thought of were the two that you mentioned. It was Hoosiers and Glory Road. And the reason I thought of that is I'm a five foot seven Latino. I was average at everything. So I was one of those kids who always believed in practice, the, the 10,000 hour rule. All-state in oh, music. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I won the division in, in, in wrestling, you know. So, but it was never because I was a natural. 
It's like, I just had to work harder than the person. So when I see movies like Glory Road and Hoosiers, you know, those are the movies that, that, that I love because it's not that they inspire me. It's just, it sounds corny, but you just feel good. And you're like, society did something right or they went against society and overcame. Again, that's one reason I'm so political. I see a lot of BS, people say that, but they're not doing it. So when you actually see somebody uh, dig deep into themselves, pull themselves by the heart, lift themselves up and actually achieve. Uh, it's like John and I in fantasy sports. No one can ever take that away from you. You can die knowing you did at least one thing in life exceptional. So after after the, the fish that saved Pittsburgh and, and those heroics, I thought of Hoosiers and he got game. And you're right. He got game is rarely ever brought up. And the only reason I thought about it was when I looked at one of the IMD lists, I'm looking, oh yeah, I saw that. Oh yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, I saw that one. Cause that came out, I think when it was still VCR, you know, we had to go rent the VCR or order the CD for, for, from Netflix. And I remember getting in the mail, it was, it was a phenomenal movie. I was going to say, gentlemen, however, let's not, even though it's not technically not a movie, let's not forget the white shadow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know what made The White Shadow unique and popular? It was one of the first shows to bring diversity in a positive way, meaning you got the white head coach, which is usually how it works, and you had all the black players. And uh, that was like Monday Night Movie. I forget. Reeves. Something Reeves was the actor's name. And he, he's passed away. But you're right. No, it, was, uh, it was Ken Howard. Ken, was, yeah. Yes, that's Ken it. Howard. Ken Howard. Ken Howard was the coach. Yeah. And then yeah. all the, uh, like, was it Coolidge was the center? The, yeah. The kid yeah, Coolidge. Yeah. Uh, but it was also like a little bit of what later, I, and I, I, someone has to check me on the timing, but it was also that period of time. It may have kicked off all those movies about the schools in ghetto neighborhoods that were saved by a particular teacher, you know, like with yeah. the Michelle Pfeiffer movie, the Hector yeah, Elizondo that was, movie. A little, that, was a, that was a little bit later, like Stand and Deliver. Um, right. Right, yeah, now that was a little, yeah. White Shadow came first, right? Yeah, White Shadow came first, right? Yeah, White Shadow was from 1978 to 1981. It didn't have a long run, but, uh, you know, and the head coach, uh, Howard, he was, he was big guy. I mean, he was was kind of, yeah, yeah, great actor too, great character actor. Guys, I think we hit on some great movies. You know, uh, 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 outside of those, I think the the fish that saved Pittsburgh is probably the greatest movie ever created by man. Because for some reason, I just remembered it. That had Jonathan Winters in it, right? Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> uh, no, seriously, some great movies that people should check them out. Dennis, it's wonderful to have you on uh, 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 off camera. I threw a little fit. I apologize, but that's because I wanted to get your input with the specific players, the teams, this, and then I wanted to attack John with the uh, sports betting. My goal here is to educate the audience. And gentlemen, y'all did, my southernness there, y'all did a great job. You're going to be talking like that soon one day, brother. (laughs) Yeah, right. Any last words, Dennis? Uh, It's great to be on here. I appreciate it. Uh, Everybody go and support Sports Grumblings on like socials and just check them out um, and check me out. Exactly. Sound good, god damn it. Exactly. All right, Dennis, thank you for coming on. And everybody, dvhoops.com. Dennis knows his stuff. Uh, his contact information is on there too. If you want to bring him on your show, you've been listening to points on the board. Visit our podcast or our vodcast, technically, as they're called, at sportscrumbies.com and please share. Great basketball segment. Share it with your friends before they go out and lose their money so they don't lose so any money. John, tell the audience good night. Good night, audience.